Welcome to season two. Season two of season Let's Go Lundbergs. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being so patient with us and getting season two out. <laughs> it's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> since we started season one, so we figure it was a good time to do season two. Yeah. So here we are, and we're starting off this season with a bang. Yep. We'll be talking about one of the hottest destinations to go to. Like hottest as in trendy or hottest as in actually warmest? Both. No. Iceland. <laughs> hottest as in probably one of the trendier spots right now. Yeah. It seems to be where a lot of people want to go these days. Yeah. It's definitely on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. um, but in reading about... Iceland. I've been reading about some of the early Vikings that first explored the area, including uh, Eric the Red and Leif Erikson. Um, interesting fact about Eric the Red. Um, do you know what he has in common with Smokey the Bear? Oh, this is the joke part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. They had the same middle name. The? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good joke to uh, start off the season. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I feel like it didn't click in your brain for a no, second. No, it didn't because I was like, we don't, what? they don't have a middle name. Mm -hmm, anyway. They do. They do. <laughs> it's the. For anybody that didn't get that, their middle name is the. Yes. Let's go, Lundbergs. We have the world to see with your hosts, Mike and Haley. For travel advice you've never heard. Let's go, Lundbergs. So, in a little bit of a change of format, and not every episode's going to be like this, but um, for this week's episode, we're going to start off with our interview because we interviewed um, Katie and Rurik, and Rurik is from Iceland. Um, and Katie lived there, um, and they're just super knowledgeable. They were great. They were such a fun interview, um, and we feel like they can say and talk to Iceland a lot better than we can. Yeah. I always love it when we interview people with accents, because it makes us seem <laughs> legit. So <Yeah. laughs> this one's great. Yeah. So here's that interview. My name is Rurik Jomsson. Um, I'm an Icelandic native. Uh, born and raised in Iceland, um, lived there my whole life until I moved to Utah, uh, except for a couple stints of study abroad. Um, I have done a lot of traveling in Iceland, um, uh, enjoy photography. Actually, I grew up in a family that, that um, traveled around in my youth. Uh, my, my dad has been a tour guide in the travel industry for I don't know, 40, 40 years, over 40 years. Um, and um, so going around the island has been like kind of something that I've done from, from the start. Yeah, which is actually not always the most common for local Icelanders. A lot of local Icelanders haven't seen their own country, but Rurik grew up definitely seeing it his dad knows everything there is about iceland so he had a good good upbringing that is, upbringing that that's way. awesome that's amazing yeah. that's very cool <laughs> so and i'm i'm katie loveless and i am originally from utah but moved to iceland in 2013 to be a nanny and work on a, a photography book and i met rick while i was there and he's fell in love and got married <laughs> and then moved back to Utah. But I definitely, while I was in Iceland, I, I was very committed to uh, seeing as much of Iceland as I could. And then, of course, we go back um, as often as we can. And, uh, there's always more to see. How long did you live in Iceland? I lived there. Oh, you still there? Oh, can you hear me? Oh, shoot. Will you just say that answer again? I think you cut out a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, we I lived in Iceland a little over a year. Okay. How cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah, it was it was great. And I had never um I had never been to Iceland uh -huh. and I didn't know anyone from Iceland yeah. <laughs> before I moved there. I knew 
Yeah, I met the family online on an au pair site. An au pair is just a, a nanny. Yeah. And um, I, I, that is as much as I knew. <laughs> I really didn't know much. So, um, that's, it, and that's kind of the boat that we were in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, it was good. I, everything is, everything was like from ground zero that I learned. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. For but, me, and people, you're probably sick of hearing this, but probably the most exposure that I have to Iceland is the secret life of Walter Mitty. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it's a, a place that we're both, both Haley and I are both totally intrigued by, um, but we don't know what to expect. I mean, what, what do you wish people knew about Iceland or what are some of the highlights for people that, that would maybe be visiting there for the first time? Uh, well, just a couple since you mentioned uh, Walter Mitty, mm -hmm. actually, uh, I've come across a lot of people that don't know that actually pretty much every scene in that movie that's of nature is actually in Iceland, even though it's uh, said to be like in Greenland or oh. Nepal or in Afghanistan. That's, it's that's, all Iceland. It's all Iceland. <laughs> so. that's very that movie cool. came out while, while we were both living in Iceland. Uh -huh. And I remember we saw it, and it was funny because there were people in the audience with us that were obviously in the movie, so they were just laughing at every scene, <laughs> and everyone kind of knows everyone in Iceland, so kind of kind of funny, but that's very cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but another another uh, thing that um, is kind of uh, I don't know perpetrated by the tourism industry that I kind of. To be honest, it kind of drives me crazy. You really want to squash this um, uh, stereotype. Is that every Icelander believes in elves? Oh. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if you you guys have heard that. Like I that's think I have, a really actually. common thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super common to hear that. Like, oh, I you know, like seventy percent of the population believes in elves. Um, and that's just not the not case, I'm guessing. No, it, it's kind of a myth, and it's, it's, there might be a handful of people, but it's it's a very small amount of people that might it, believe. And it's that. probably out of good fun, you know. There yeah. is yeah, there. Sure. Iceland has so many cool like traditions and legends, and there, you know, people should read up about the hidden people and and all of that. But Icelanders are like some of the most like down to earth people I've ever met. But there is this like air of magic. But they, I think that kind of rolls into something I really wish people knew as well, because you, you hear, you hear about Iceland and I, I was in this exact same boat. I remember reading that people believed in elves and, you know, there's all these things and, um, and, oh, and all of, all of like the, the Icelanders jailed their bankers and they overthrew their government and blah, blah, blah. And like, all of that is just not quite true. Yeah. Like there's this hugely romanticized version of Iceland mm -hmm. that people go in and I think when they go they have this experience where they kind of forget that it's it is just a real country and it's not perfect it's beautiful and it's wonderful and yeah. both Rurik and I just you know adore Iceland mm -hmm. but it's not a fairy tale land and so I think people kind of forget like tourists forget that it's a real country that yeah. It, like there's dangers there. Like the the terrain is is really dangerous. People need to know that like it's you can't just like go walk on a glacier. Like you'll you'll die. You know. Yeah. And, right. and you can't go walk on the ice at Yokosar on the glacier lagoon. Like you'll die. So yeah. there's all these things that unfortunately people I think forget that it's that it's not. A fairy tale so yeah. people need to to go in with more real, realistic <laughs> expectations and be a bit more respectful they've had this problem in the last few years because tourism has just exploded there yeah. and it's been exciting the Icelanders you know it's, it's great because it's been this you know huge influx in in their economy and everything yeah. but they don't really have the infrastructure yet to support this many tourists and especially tourists who don't, um, who aren't respectful of the nature. So, like, I I hope that everyone who goes, I think because, like, growing up in Utah, I, I'm pretty used to 
used to the concept of like leave no trace, right? Like yeah. if you go somewhere, don't just trash it. Right, <laughs> but right. people in Iceland like haven't quite caught on to that. So there are these beautiful locations that are sort of being uh, destroyed because I think it just goes into this the the myth of Iceland, <laughs> and people forget to just like clean up after yourself. Right. Don't like common sense. There stuff. was a yeah, there was a big problem with um, people camping in, like, people's yards, you know, because <laughs> there's this myth of being able to camp anywhere, which was technically a true thing, you know, like, 10 years ago, you could camp yeah. on private land if, it, you know, like, a field in the middle of nowhere, but now you can't do that anymore. There's yeah. just too many, too many people, so I, I, the... I think all Icelanders also would appreciate, like, <laughs> tourists knowing just, like, come and enjoy yourself. It's beautiful. You, like, everyone's going to fall in love with Iceland. But remember that there's real people living there still. So don't, yeah. like, trash it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good advice for sure. Yeah. Good advice for really anywhere, but definitely for Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's just totally common sense that people forget, yeah. I think, because, Iceland is so magical and it is yeah. it's to like a hundred percent magical but yeah. it doesn't mean that like you can't clean up after yourself right. <laughs> right right no that totally makes sense yeah just the idea of being respectful of yeah. pretty much anywhere you go you ought to yeah. show respect to the culture and the environment and how you treat people absolutely yeah yeah definitely um, okay so this is going to be a totally ignorant question I'm just saying that right off the bat um, but as far as Iceland, one of the things that I've heard, um, a lot about obviously is Aurora Borealis. Is that, is that something you can see from Reykjavik? Is there a certain time of year that's best for that? Um, so I had never seen the Northern Lights when I moved there. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time it was in March that I saw it. And I, like, almost started crying. Like, it is the most beautiful thing. Good. And, so it lived up to the hype. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, and Rurik can attest, any night that there is any possibility of seeing the Northern Lights, I was, I was like, calling them up, like, hey, let's go. There's this yeah. Northern Lights. <laughs> so uh, as far as tips for seeing them, because I was – kind of an addict, like a Aurora addict yeah, while I yeah. was there, um, is you, so obviously Iceland is so far north that in the summer it's, it's bright all the time, midnight sun, you know, you're definitely not going to see them anytime in the summer because it never gets dark. Yeah. But around, uh, I would say like end of August-ish, September-ish to maybe April, um, kind of stretching it up. Yeah, like that's like at the very, yeah. very end to the very end. You anytime it's dark, you have the the possibility of being oh. able to see them. Okay. Um. But it it kind of um. There's a lot of var variables that go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're not going to see them every night. Right. For sure. Um. There's you kind of have to have the the perfect scenario of no cloud cover, uh, uh, solar storm coming from the sun. You're in uh, a place that it is dark enough. I mean, we've seen them in Reykjavik, mm -hmm. and sometimes, like a couple of times, we saw them quite strong. quite strong, but that is not normal. So, like, I, rem I remember specifically, like, walking around, and there's this beautiful storm, um, uh, Aurora storm, and... And there's these tourists, these tourists walking. They were from Britain. I don't know if you remember them. No. But they were like, oh, well, that's neat. And I'm, like, freaking out. And I had seen the Aurora so many times, but I had never seen it that that intense downtown before. Uh -huh. And they were treating it as, like, oh, that's so, you know, like, cool. And I, yeah. and I just wanted to, like, yell at them and be like, no, this is amazing. Like, you should feel so special right now. Because yeah. it, it's certainly not, like, a normal a normal thing. And I yeah. and I personally would never recommend anyone going to Iceland just to see the northern lights yeah. because it is such a 
hit or miss thing. Um, like there, like there could be like times where it's like every single night, and then there could be times where it's like cloud cover every night. Cloud cover, or you don't see them for a couple of weeks, or yeah, you just never know. But anyone who does go and you do see them, like feel special because it's it's not. I mean, it's obviously fairly common, but yeah. it's not a it's not a for sure thing. Yeah, so it's, it's not very. A yeah, and it's, it's but but when you do see them, I mean, we I've seen them all sorts of, you know, intensities. Sometimes you you can't quite tell. It's, you kind of play the game like, is that a cloud or is, is that aurora? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then other times it's like the most intense time. Rurik and I saw them. I don't know if it was the most intense you saw, but we were out in this lava field, um, taking pictures, and it was so bright. And it was super multicolored, you know, a lot of red and purple and yellow and green. And it and it felt really close. Like, obviously, it wasn't that close because yeah. it's in the atmosphere or whatever. Right. But um, it was almost, like, scary. And you can almost hear it. There's this sort of electric sound. Oh. And wow. it, it was, it, like, made me stop and just look up and, like, my heart was pounding. Like, it was so intense. And... If you ever have that experience, like just treasure it because it's it's that's definitely not as common and it's really yeah. it's, it's really special. It's very very cool. Right. In fact, that night I we had been out there for probably like three hours. Oh yeah, we had been there and forever. I, and I actually <laughs> I actually put away my camera equipment oh. <laughs> because I think I thought nothing was gonna happen and yeah. like literally two minutes after. It just burst. It just hit, and it, oh, it's cool. really, it's like fast, the movement of it. You kind of, at least I did, I pictured this kind of slow moving sort of thing. But no, when it's intense, it's like, it, it looks like electricity. It's just really fast, oh. and the, the ribbons are just like, it's, it's, it's very intense. It's not quite a like sweet, soft vision of northern lights yeah. is kind of like oh do we need to like get in our car like this is scary but obviously like northern lights are not harmful but yeah, yeah. it's just like fight or flight you're like this doesn't seem natural right <laughs> there are things that you can do to like maximize your chances um there's like uh forecasts that you can look at for the intensity mm -hmm. of what the predicted intensity and obviously that's not something that's not always accurate always yeah, accurate sure. but yeah. um but um a lot of times it it gives you an, a, a good idea yeah and where you can go for less cloud cover oh. like we just look at weather forecasts and yeah and i would say like there's a lot of aurora tours where they take you on a bus and they kind of drive you out of the city mm -hmm. and i i don't think i mean if you if you don't plan on driving and there's no other way to get out of the city, then I guess you could do one. But you really, all you have to do is just drive a little bit out of the city. Yeah. Um, or if you go around the ring road, um, which people should, I definitely recommend just going around the whole island. Um, you know, anywhere that's dark, you have a chance to, to see them or whatever. I, just, I don't think tours in Iceland are worth it unless yeah. it's something unless they have special equipment like a glacier tour or something oh. that you probably aren't equipped to do on your own right. i don't think they're really worth doing okay that's good to know yeah cool yeah. um so i mean one thing uh, that i i mean uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think that, that i've heard about iceland is that there's lots of uh um, a lot of geysers natural hot springs that sort of thing um Where's a good place to see those? Uh, are there ones that you can swim in, or is it like Yellowstone where you can look but don't touch? <laughs> so that's uh, there's definitely a lot of geysers and hot springs. Uh, geysers are obviously very dangerous and right. hot. <laughs> don't um, don't <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, of course. And actually, actually, this is a fun little little Iceland fact. There's two words in Icelandic that have been incorporated in English, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of them is geyser. So the first, oh. it's geyser, but it's 
the first the, the original is in Iceland. You can go see it. It's it's dormant now, so it doesn't really go, but you can go see it. That's cool. And then the other word is saga, so that's kind of a fun little and saga just means story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. fun. That's really neat. <laughs> back back to the geysers. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Um there are definitely areas around the country um that have uh, geysers and hot springs. Um hot springs especially hot springs. Especially hot springs. Yeah. Um the areas with geyser or mud pots, like um, they have they quite can, a few. They kind of, you know, in very specific areas, and like you can easily find those by by researching yeah. online. Um, the hot springs are kind of harder to to find. A lot of those are just kind of. Um, They're everywhere. Yeah, and a lot of them are on private property. Mm-hmm. Which again, maybe ten years ago, people could get away with going, and it wasn't that big a deal. But now, I mean, there are so there are three hundred and twenty thousand Icelanders in Iceland, mm-hmm. and this year I think they're expecting three million tourists. Oh so it's just oh this gosh. huge, huge like invasion of tourists every yeah. year. So if there are hot springs and um. You know, the Blue Lagoon is super, super famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a man-made, people think it's natural, it's not. It's a, it's a man-made hot spring that's by the airport. So a lot of people on their way into Reykjavik, they stop at the Blue Lagoon, which is, which is a, it is a cool experience. If people have the money to go, um, they can, they should definitely go. But in, in my opinion, it's, it, it's quite expensive to go, and it's quite busy. And Rurik and I are really big fans of, and even, you know, the hot pots are really cool too. But above all that, the best water-based experience in Iceland is the swimming pool. Oh, okay. Like the swimming pool experience. Like yeah. like public swimming yeah. pools, I'm guessing? Yeah, <laughs> which okay. is unexpected. Yeah. Iceland is... Um, very into swimming. So, so basically, basically every town has a swimming pool, a church, <laughs> and a farm. Like and, that's and, it. And like a, a, a church and a swimming pool. And yeah. Like a store. <laughs> like that's the three. The, the criteria. Yeah, like every little that's town awesome. has a church <laughs> and a swimming. And and children, so Rurik in, included, they learn swimming at very young ages, like kindergarten. That's a class for for kindergarten students. Oh, they have wow. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and the pools are great. They all you know, like obviously they all have hot tubs and then a pool and stuff. But it's heated. It's heated. The pool's heated, so that's they're great. open year round, which is so great. So like there was a time we were in Iceland and we were camping. And it was so cold. We were just freezing and miserable. <laughs> and we just found the closest pool and went and warmed up and took a shower. And it was great. And they're really cheap. They're they're under $10 to oh, get into. Nice. Um, the, the one thing <laughs> for Americans to be aware of specifically, everyone, but definitely Americans, is it's mandatory that you shower publicly <laughs> in front of everyone so it they have these you know the women's locker room is my experience they have these teenage girls these local girls that just sit and watch and make sure that you scrub down um they have signs of all the parts of your body you need to scrub before you get into the pool but it's it's one of those things that like as an american i was like oh i can't be naked in front of anyone (laughs) and i i i kind of avoided the pool experience for a long time and then um, once it became winter while I was there, it was one of Rurik and I's favorite things to go do. And I just got to say, like, there is something very liberating about just walking around naked in Iceland before you go to the pool. Like, I think everyone <laughs> should experience it. It's the best. And That's you won't great. have that experience at anywhere else besides the pools because all the touristy hot springs and stuff, they have more of a they have privacy areas for the shy yeah. foreigners, but sure, the sure. 
swimming pools are just communal and liberating. Wow. That's got to be <laughs> a good we, one. We have... <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's got to be a good resume builder for some of those people, like shower monitor. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's so funny. And they do. If they if you don't scrub down, they, they have these, well, at least, I don't know what they do for the men, but they have these, like, long poles, and they kind of, like, they'll tap you with the pole. I've never seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also always script, so. So, yeah, really, really hard. But they'll, like, they'll tap you with a pole if you don't, if you don't shower. No, it's not like a rinse off. It's like a yeah. full, they have soap, and you have to, like, scrub down. Wow. <laughs> and it's just everyone, you know, and you can definitely tell the foreigners versus yeah. the Icelanders, because sure. the Icelanders, it's, like, no big deal. Yeah. Um, they've been doing that their entire lives, but the foreigners—they're very shy and bashful. <laughs> but I think it's—I—I I think you know, above all, people should go to the pools more than the hot springs or the blue lagoon, and for the experience of the water, but also just get naked. Like yeah. that's the Icelandic <laughs> experience. <laughs> it's very authentic. <laughs> no, I, th- I think on that front, it would be immediately obvious that I am a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is really good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we're talking to you guys about this. Me too. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the insider information. That's that's a nice authentic experience. So yeah. like there are people who go and they will do all these things, but a, a local would never yeah. do it. Right. Like going swimming is one of the most Icelandic things you could do. Yeah. Everyone goes swimming. It's that's such awesome. a huge part of the culture. Yeah. That's great. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then if you're especially um, up for it, uh, swimming in the ocean, in, not anywhere, but in specific areas that uh-huh. are safe to, Icelanders love swimming in the cold ocean. Like Ooh. they they swear <laughs> by it. They're like, like Rurik's dad, if you ask Rurik's dad, he will be like, it cured my asthma. It, you know, like it cured all these things. And he's, he swears by it. And Icelanders are very into their cold water swimming to wow. cure everything. Wow. So. Well, I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's great to know. Um, so I think I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to make sure. Um, as far as getting around the country, you I mean, you mentioned this a little bit, um, but you you would likely need to rent a car, right? There's no um, like public transit or anything like that around the island. Um, so there's well, first, there's no in the in the capital area. Mm-hmm. There is the bus. Oh, okay. um, there's no metro. Um, and obviously it's taxi, but that's very expensive to do. To do. Um, the bus is, um, although you can probably figure it out, it's it's uh, it can be confusing mm-hmm. to to figure out. Uh, they do I, have a site in English though, so mm-hmm. if people feel confident by with traveling by bus, then I think people could figure it out. I when I lived there, I didn't have a car, so I only traveled by bus until I met Rurik and he had a car. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's fairly easy to navigate. Um, but when you're down, to, like if you're staying in Reykjavik, you can most likely walk anywhere. It's oh. not a very big city. Oh, that's um, well, I just stay. But correct. if you stay at the outskirts, yeah. you may want to take a bus in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and taxis are just unbelievably expensive, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like anywhere we go, we try to avoid the taxis at all costs because yeah. it seems like it's always the yes. most expensive option. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, as far as going around the country, mm-hmm. although uh, you can take uh, a bus like, to the next town, it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna stop at. It's not gonna stop at the site. Yeah, oh, it's not okay. gonna stop at the site. You're gonna you're gonna miss all the sites if you do that. Oh, okay. So. Or I would we we highly recommend getting a rental car okay. yeah. if you want to go around. And even better is a, a camper van. That's going to be um, the. Uh, in my opinion, I think that's just the best way to do Iceland, uh-huh. especially because it's um, it's so expensive. <laughs> like yeah. Iceland is just 
there's no way around it. It's going to be one of the more expensive places people go. People get a little bit, um, they get sucked in with the really cheap airfare. Mm -hmm. uh, you can fly there for so cheap now. Yeah. But it's once they get there and they're like, oh, there's just not really a, a very good budget way to do yeah. this. <laughs> and I'll see people say like, oh, yeah, like here's budget-friendly stuff you can do in Iceland. But you're sure. still, like even budget-friendly, you're still spending a, lot. a ton of money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really good to know because, yeah, I see – I see those cheap flights all the time and I'm like, okay, we're going to go to Iceland next week. But it's good to know that once you get there, it's a little, it's a little on the spendy side. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I would say like to help save money because it's mm -hmm. lodging is very, very expensive. They don't have cheap hostels. They have hostels. They're just not yeah. cheap. Oh, okay. Like you would find in other places in Europe. So, yeah. you know, I, I would say the average hostel is probably 30 bucks a night. Okay. Probably. No, I just haven't looked. <laughs> I guess we never had that. So you've never had that. <laughs> yeah. Never had yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But, uh, but like hotel and, yeah. you know, not even a new hotel, just hotel is going to be at least $100 a night, if okay. not more. And so if to, I think to have like the best Iceland travel experience mm -hmm. is rent a camper van. Mm -hmm. Depending on how long you, you are in Iceland, like if you're there for two weeks, buy the camping card, which gives you access to, it's like a hundred bucks for the card and you get to camp at most any campsite, campsite in Iceland. Oh, um, because that's, you can't, you used to be able to, but no longer can you just like park your camper anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's something they're really cracking down on. You have to be in a campsite. You can't just park in a parking lot. Um, but the campsites in Iceland are phenomenal. They're so great. Um, they're very, they're very well kept. They all have like hot showers. Everything, everything's um, geothermal, like, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. Like hot water is not a hard thing to find in Iceland. <laughs> so it's all very, um, I don't know. You're not really roughing it that yeah. that much. Yeah, in, that in my sense. opinion. And they're only like without the camping card, it's it's you know they're between like ten and fifteen bucks a night. Yeah. Um, and some of them, some of the more, you know, areas where there's a lot to do, they're probably more like twenty bucks a night. Yeah. But you can find campsites everywhere, and they're all pretty affordable and. And this is obviously talking about summertime, not yeah. not, not yeah. uh yeah. yeah. time because I wouldn't recommend camping then. I would or camping definitely not. Uh, in those, in those yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Too. And and the reason I recommend because you could do a car and have a tent, but then you have like the problem of like taking your tent to Iceland and you know, yeah. and you can certainly rent that gear. Yeah. But it's also like spoiler alert, it's very rainy in Iceland, <laughs> so it's a bit miserable to camp in the rain, yeah. you know, night after night. And you've got to set up we, your tent, you've got camp. to take down your tent, yeah. Yes, and everything's just a bit, and it's really, really windy in Iceland, and so it's it's just a lot nicer to have a camper van. It's yeah. just a little, little cozier, and I, that's like the best thing, and go around the whole ring road there's only like one road that goes all the way around iceland and that's that's like no matter what that's a good trip cool nice that's great um as a follow-up and we talked about this a little bit before when we were talking about the buses but do most people there speak english is like somebody who only speaks english are they going to have a hard time getting around uh you are going to find most people at least below the age of 60 yeah. are going to speak English. Oh, great. Um, They'll sound like Rurik. They all have sure. access. <laughs> which, is, which is great <laughs> and fine. And yeah, <laughs> I expect them to have, yeah, I, wouldn't, but... I wouldn't expect otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one thing is I, that took a, a minute when I got there because I heard, oh, Icelanders speak excellent English. And mm -hmm. I remember arriving and of course, you know, the parents of the, the girls I nanny for, they spoke English, but their accents were so thick. And I remember just being like, people don't speak English very well here. And it, that was just like my own 
like bias where I thought sure. people wouldn't have as strong accents yeah. if they spoke excellent English. But totally wrong. Like Icelanders have, um, like Rurik will say words that I don't even know. Like <laughs> his, their vocabulary is unbelievable. Yeah. So it it's very easy to to get around awesome. as far as language goes. And I think that's uh, have a lot to do with uh, movies and music and oh. the media. Uh-huh. A lot of being in in English. Like if you go to the movie. Um, you can, like in a lot of European countries, everything's going to be dubbed. Um, that's not the case in Iceland. You can go to a movie and it's just going to be subtitled with Icelandic subtitles. Oh. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't dub over anything except kids' stuff. So even TV shows, like, you're going to find it in English. And it's, they, the the one thing that's interesting about, about um, Iceland, too, is that they're, English is not based in like British English. They they're a lot more American, oh, which is okay. interesting. I Iceland's kind of I always like joke that it's like half American, half European. Wow, <laughs> we we are um, we do learn British English in school, mm-hmm. but there's so much more American media that that, that they learn like the colloquialisms uh-huh. of American English, like. You don't call the like the what's the thing the end of our car the the trunk you you don't call it a boot. No, but I but, but you I learned that. But I would know what you call it the yeah. boot the boot in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's interesting, but every, yeah, everyone speaks most everyone speaks very good English there, and it's and Icelanders are um, they're not a smiley. A smiley bunch of people, mm-hmm. but they are very friendly. Yeah. So I, even now, I so to speak Icelandic, it's very hard to smile as you're speaking Icelandic. Oh. Um. And so I even Rurik will be skyping his family, and just I don't know what they're talking about, but I think it's like kind of serious. And I'll get off the call and I'll be like, "Hey, what's up?" And he's like, "Oh, we're just like talking about oatmeal." Like they <laughs> like you can't. You can't like smile and laugh while you speak Icelandic, yeah. so it seems very serious and very intense. But yeah. <laughs> Icelanders are very—they uh, are very friendly. Yeah, they're just not very smiley. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So, um, one of the things we really enjoy when we travel is eating and the food—the like just having the local food. And, you know, when we go to places like Paris and Rome, we know what to expect. But in Iceland, we don't know anything about it. So, like, what are the types of foods that we could expect to find there? So, you're going to find basically any type of food that you're going to find in America or in a Western country you're going to find in Iceland. Except Mexican, because <laughs> they have terrible Mexican food. Oh. <laughs> That's really funny, and also good to know. And it's not a thing, and they don't, Icelanders don't really like spicy things, so, oh. except Rurik, who is an anomaly of an Icelandic <laughs> person, who doesn't like fish, but likes spicy things, but most yeah. Icelanders love fish, spicy things. Yeah. Um, but actually, my my favorite foods in Iceland were, were like, burgers, pizza, um, hot, dog. hot dogs, obviously, hot dogs, Icelandic hot dogs are famous. They're so good. Everyone really? needs to get one. Oh, I would not have expected um, what, that. What's different? Like, what's so? Why are they so famous? They so they're the the Icelandic hot dogs are made in Iceland, and I think they're more lamb based meat. Oh, yeah. You know, hot dogs. It's, who knows what's really in it? But right. like, sure. <laughs> they they're more. They have more lamb meat, and okay. they have different toppings. So they have. Uh, raw onions, fried onions. They have like a remoulade sauce. They have, and then they have this really, really good sort of sweet mustardy sauce that's just so good. Um, and I, I hate hot dogs. I'm not a hot dog person. <laughs> and I, I finally had one out of hunger one day because I just had no interest. And I was like, oh, I must have just been really hungry. Like that was good, but I, I must have been hungry. And then I had another one. I was like, no, these are just delicious <laughs> so everyone says to go there's a really famous hot dog shop 
downtown. It is called, you know the name of it. Um, are you sure that name? No. There's just a, there's, there's like one, like anyone who researches hot dogs will find it. It's, uh, Diana's Buster. Yeah, Diana Buster. <laughs> Diana's Buster. <laughs> and it's, it's like the one that um, Bill Clinton went to, and it's down by the harbor, and everyone goes to that one. And I personally, as a Icelandic hot dog connoisseur, mm-hmm. do not think that's the best hot dog. I, it's I, not bad. I think it's good. You can't get a bad hot dog in Iceland. <laughs> it's just not the best. I think it's a little overrated. It's okay. just the most famous. So I like, and the reason is I like a place where they grill the bun. Ooh. I think it's it just takes it to the next level, and that place doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. Like a lot of other places do. You can find hot dogs anywhere. They're at, like, most gas stations. There's little, you know, shops everywhere. Like, hot dogs are not hard to find. Awesome. Um, and then... I do find them better in the hot dog stands instead of the gas station. Oh. I don't know. I think they're all good. Um, that's my opinion. Complex stands are better than than gas station complex. I feel like that's a good uh, life a good rule philosophy. Of thumb anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, they do have like very. They kind of they'll get fancy with their hot dogs sometimes. Some of them are like bacon wrapped and you know all oh. that. But I think just. The, you can order like one with everything, yeah. and that is like the go-to cheapest meal you can get. Like by far, that's the cheapest thing you're gonna eat in Iceland, and it's so delightful. It's very good. Um, and then, you know, on the on the budget-friendly side, I honestly people, I honestly think people should eat like Domino's and KFC <laughs> because they're it's like they're so good in Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> um, they... It, it's like to be to be fair, like I I love both those places, but in in America I haven't had like I went for a really long time because I just didn't like the same flavor here. Yeah. Yeah, at at KFC and Domino's. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's really good there. So if you're trying to save money but you want a hot meal, KFC and Domino's are really good option <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. expect you know yeah um and they have subway there they don't have mcdonald's and taco bell is atrocious so don't eat any <laughs> again the mexican food thing right. um but as far as like traditional meals if people are interested in that um they i think kind of the best go like the best kind of cheap traditional thing you can get is uh, lamb stew and it's really good it's just kind of a basic stew soupy sort of thing mm-hmm. um that's really good i mean lamb is sort of their main dish as far as meat goes lamb or fish and i like there's a lot of foods in ice when i miss the, the thing i don't miss though is that it's very expensive yeah. <laughs> and it's very hard to find cheap produce so you can find oh. Uh, meat and everything, but the produce is is very expensive. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of more food that like there's really and and on a higher scale, if people really want to get spendy, the restaurants in Reykjavik are are delicious. They have some of the best restaurants I've ever eaten at. Mm-hmm. You're going to be paying you know at least like fifty dollars a plate. To between fifty and eighty, probably for a sit-down place. place. Yeah, Um, but it's great. There's, I mean, it's it's really good. Um, People, so people don't. There, you can you can get whale in Iceland. You can get minke whale, which is not endangered, and so it's not quite the same. Like minke whale is is not kind of as sad as other whales, Mm -hmm. and like. To be fair, it's one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. So people can just decide if they want to eat whale or not. But if they do, it tastes like a giant steak that tastes like lobster, which is which Whoa. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, do your research and everything. Like that's kind of a controversial thing. But it they they do eat minky whale there, which is 
not endangered. They they have very um, more ethical practices of getting whale in Iceland. Um, there's a lot of good fish restaurants. Yeah, fish is gonna it's gonna be like the best fish. There's a lot of like langoustine, like lobster is very famous there, and it's good. I love lobster bisque in Iceland. It's there's man, I'm like getting hungry. There's really good food in Iceland. Um, but you will you will pay premium prices yeah. for for food. Sure. Um, oh, one place I do want to plug people in Reykjavik because it's it's a good cheap well relatively cheap meal. It's about ten dollars for a big bowl of soup at a place called Noodle Station, and that is my favorite soup in the world. It's not an Icelandic soup. It's kind of an Asian soup. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the number one things that I feel like you can't find anywhere else is a soup like that. It's just, it's so good. And it's, you know, the perfect kind of Iceland food because it's a little windy and cold and yeah. it's outside. So yeah. noodle station, got to go there. great. I'm getting hungry too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, are there any other... Any last parting wisdom or advice from you guys? Anything else that you want to say or want to plug for Iceland or Reykjavik? I think, um, just, oh, oh, I do. I thought of a really good one. Yeah. So the very best, so this is like probably our number one advice we give people when they want to go to Iceland is to get a specific map. It's called the International Photographer's Map of Iceland. You can, it's by this French photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can order it online or they do sell it in some stores in Reykjavik. You could probably find it, but maybe not the most recent edition. I don't know, but just order it online before you go. Yeah. And it is for anyone, not just photographers, anyone. I think it's, it's a little pricey. It's about 40 bucks with shipping. But it is the the only resource you need um, as far as if you're going around the ring road or if you're going on a road trip or mm-hmm. or whatever. It's it has it's very easy to read. It's it's very accurate. It's it's also just a beautiful map. It's yeah. tear proof and waterproof and everything. But it um, it maps out all the most beautiful locations super super oh, easily cool. easily. Yeah. So it's. It's very easy to read that way. So he kind of rates the, you know, locations if it's something really specific that you should definitely check out. And and it's it's great. It um, I mean that's the only only thing we really use as far as that's awesome. Google stuff and read yeah. read blogs. But I think anyone doing any road trip that is like mandatory. You're not gonna find a better a better resource. worth the money. That's great. Cool. Awesome. Oh, did we lose you? No, no. no sorry. sorry. We're still here. Oh, okay. I was just, sorry. <laughs> I was just looking at my We actually pulled it up on our computer and we were looking at the map and it, it looks awesome. Oh, great. It's Good. great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wonderful. It, um, I, I mean, we've bought it so many times because we keep lending it to people and then not getting it back. So yeah, we've probably bought right. it four, <laughs> four times or so. But it's a great, it's the best resource i think um when doing a road trip it it's it's just so easy to use (laughs) it's just and it's not my problem with a lot of maps that you'll get in tourist centers is that they're marketed towards certain activities right like they're 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 part of you know, a company is putting out a map to be like, go to these places. Yeah, or but they're, that plugging, is they're plugging specific and... tours or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's it's really good. And then, like I mentioned before, don't go on tours unless it's something you can't do yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a, a million really cool things you can do, like. Well, unless you just can't drive. Oh, unless you can't drive. Right. But it's also... I, yeah, I I mean, I think people who drive should go to Iceland more than people who can't, just because your experience is going to be so much better. Yeah. But there's there's ice cave tours in the winter, and there's 
you can go inside a volcano and there's horse riding tours. There's a million things you can do that you you have to do on a tour. So don't waste your time like on an Aurora tour or to go see a site that you can just drive to yourself. And I think that's a much better experience to just do it yourself. Iceland's very, very easy to do yourself. That's great. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, you guys. This has been such a fun interview and so fun for us to learn so much about Iceland. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks for having us. It's, it's, we love talking about Iceland. <laughs> so based on that interview, I hope everybody is super jazzed about Iceland, and I hope it's on everybody's bucket list now. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's on my bucket list. I am dying to go there. It just sounds like a magical mystical amazing place (laughs) to go (laughs) um so talking about Reykjavik which is um the capital of Iceland there's only about 120,000 people there um which is not I would have expected it to be a lot bigger than that um but it's pretty small Mm -hmm. as far as residents go and it's super walkable like Katie said um you know you don't really need to worry about you know buses or metro it's it's all really close Um, It's really compact, but it's not very big. So Um, there's not really skyscrapers or museums on every corner. Um, It it feels, um, based on what I've read, it it feels very cozy and um, kind of almost like a village. Mm -hmm. But that sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, little known fact, uh, Carl Carlson from The Simpsons is from Iceland. Oh. Yeah. He's not real. (laughs) I'm aware, but okay. he's from Iceland, and it's funny because you wouldn't expect him to be because he's, you know. Black? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's adopted. Got it. Anyway, speaking of Iceland and Reykjavik, let's talk about some of the things that you can do there. Um, first of all, Reykjavik City Hall, and this is something free that you can go and, and, uh, and visit and see. Um, looking at the pictures and reading about it, it sounds really interesting. Like, the building basically sits half in and half out of the city center pond. Um, so it's like, and it looks like in some of these pictures, like, um, the, the pond freezes over in the winter, and then in the summertime, it looks like, well, it's probably not very warm, and you probably can't no, swim in it. But it not. looks very nice <laughs> and welcoming and inviting. Um, and but, not frozen. Yeah, and not frozen. <laughs> Um, That's the important part. Yeah. The city hall, though, like uh, on the ground floor, there's usually um, like they feature this huge handmade 3D map of Iceland, which sounds really cool. And there's also like this quiet little cafe where uh, you can go and sit and um, it's situated so that when you're sitting there and looking out the window, um, half of your body is below the waterline. And obviously the other half would be above the waterline. But you can like look out the window and and see like above and beneath the pond. It sounds really cool and and again it's free, so yeah. may as well go check it out. We're a fan of free things. Yeah. Um another free thing and actually all the things we're going to uh, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today are free. Um I believe it's pronounced Hallgrimmers Church. That's like the biggest trend of our show is We don't know We don't know if we're saying it right. <laughs> we don't know how to pronounce anything. And I feel like with Iceland we're like really even off. really doing a yeah. worse job of <laughs> we the, need, the normal we need katie and Rurik to just pronounce everything for yeah. us because we don't know what we're saying but we really like this place we really want to go there um so this church it's iceland's tallest and largest church and it's one of the most photographed sites in iceland it looks like a rocket ship yeah it's like a cross between a glacier and a rocket ship um basically it construction started on it in 1945 and it took them almost 50 years to finish this thing so it's it's huge um and then when the weather's nice so probably summertime (laughs) maybe a little bit in the spring and fall they have free concerts um at lunchtime on thursdays and saturdays which free that's yay that's our middle name not the yeah (laughs) the is a good middle name though free is a better middle name okay fine um, while you were there at Hall Grimmers, um, oh wait, is this the one that's across the street from it? Yes, yeah. it is. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Um, the Einar Johnson Sculpture Garden is just right across the street from this church. And again, it's 
free. It's open year-round, um, and it's just this nice kind of peaceful spot. It's very tranquil, and it features bronze recasts of some of the sculptor Einar Johnson's most famous and atmospheric sculptures. And it's it's pretty neat. I've, I, again, I've been looking at some photos of it. Um, very interesting sculptures. Some of them seem a little bit dark, but <laughs> they're very like involved and detailed. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, here's one of a guy wearing a pyramid pyramid for a hat, sitting next to two cows. That's and yep. he's and it's called the King of Atlantis. So. There you go. <laughs> it looks really cool. There's tons of sculptures in it this does. garden. Um, fun fact, my I think it was my great-grandpa, his name was Oscar Einer Christensen. Like an Oscar Einer Wiener? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was really dumb. That was great. I was trying to make a connection to Iceland, and you ruined it. <laughs> anyway... Anyway, Sculpture Garden. It's free. It looks great. Um, the last, no, not the last free thing, but another free thing to do in Reykjavik. Um, it's actually about a mile from the city center, um, but it's called the Sun Voyager Sculpture um, or Solfar Sculpture. Um, a lot of people consider this to be a must-see if you're going to Iceland, um, especially if it's a clear day, um, either at sunrise or sunset. Um, it's free to visit. Um, it's open 24 hours a day. It looks like, I mean, it's this really cool ship sculpture. I mean, it, kind of, it looks like a Viking ship. Yeah, it of. looks like a Viking ship. Um, but one thing to note is that there aren't any amen amenities on site. So there's no restrooms. There's no, you know, there may be food carts or something out there. But just know that, you know, you might need to plan accordingly. Like, don't don't plan to spend your whole day out there. Plus, I don't think you would spend the whole day out there, like... It's a really cool sculpture, really cool to see, um, but not something that's going to take a ton of time. The best way to get there is just to walk from downtown Reykjavik. It's it's about a mile, um, but there really isn't a ton of public transportation to get out there. So mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. Yeah. So when you go to Iceland, um, obviously you're going to visit Reykjavik, but I think for most people when they go to Iceland, they're going to see... The things that aren't in Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. um, Iceland has just an amazing environment um, and so there's lots of things to do outside the city. Uh, one of the most popular is uh, it's a 190 mile long tourist route that you can drive that runs by a national park. Um, it's called the Golden Circle and again free Yay! so we love it. Um, <laughs> free in the fact that all you have to do is you have to have a car and you have to have gas in yeah, your car. Yeah, but, so, I mean, <laughs> but there's no admission fee or Normal anything. things that would cost you, yeah. you know, to drive to the grocery store at home. So right. <laughs> <laughs> assuming your grocery store is 190 miles away. Right. <laughs> I really hope not. No. Um, but you would go past the Golden Falls, which is this 105-foot dual cascading waterfall. And you could also see... Um, a geyser that, again, we're going to say it wrong, probably the Stroker? Stroker? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a geyser. It gushes water 60 to 100 in, to 100 feet in, into the air every five minutes. If you, I bet if you Google geyser golden circle, this one would come up. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty famous one. And every five minutes, too. Take, yeah. take that, Old Faithful. Yeah. <laughs> you got to wait around for like an hour and a half if you miss Old Faithful. Yeah. But... It looks like a pretty huge geyser. Yeah. So it looks great. And like we said in the interview, there's tons of geysers in Iceland. So yep. lots of opportunities to see cool things like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that, and we talked about this a little bit with Katie and Rurik, um, that is very, very popular um, is the Blue Lagoon. It's super touristy, um, basic passes um, are about, can start at $59 a person. Um, but during, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm looking over at Mike Googling things. <laughs> he just Googled Brooke Shields eyebrows. That's not what I Googled. <laughs> Blue Lagoon, Brooke Shields Googling, eyebrows. I was Googling Blue Lagoon and the, one of the first suggestions that came up was oh. Blue Lagoon, Brooke Shields eyebrows. And I was like, well, I have to click on that. Oh my gosh. And now all I'm thinking of is Princess Diaries when he says, if Groucho Marx and Brooke Shields had a baby, you would have their eyebrows. 
That's not Brooke Shields. Anyway, anyway. Blue Lagoon. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're getting back on subject. So it start, prices start at $59 a person. During the busy season, though, they can be up to $77 a person. Um, like Katie and Rurik were saying, there's lots of other lagoon options, lots of other swimming options um, if you don't want to go to the Blue Lagoon. And this is where they filmed that movie, right? I don't know. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about that movie like, other than that it exists. They're like on a tropical island somewhere. Okay. Maybe it's like, Iceland. It's like a teenage boy and girl that get shipwrecked on some okay. deserted tropical island and it's filled with <laughs> sexual tension and inappropriateness. So it might have taken place in Iceland yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> Basically. Okay, great. So that's another option. <laughs> Outside of Reykjavik um, and something that a lot of people do when they're there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Mike is all kinds of distracted this I'm episode. I'm sorry, but when when you when something like Brooke Shields eyebrows comes up, you're like, "What does that even mean? You've got to check that out." Okay. So, let's talk about Mike's recommended reading. <laughs> So it's actually Mike's reading corner. We're going to get that right every episode from now on. I was thinking that's what it was, but then I thought, no, I think she told me that it's the recommended reading. It's, it's been Mike's book corner, Mike's reading corner. I think Mike's recommended reading is a new one that I've never heard well, of. Now that we have an official <laughs> jingle. Thank you, Will and Ruby. We, we will remember the name of this segment of the maybe, show. Maybe. <laughs> we might not still, but we'll see. Maybe we'll just change it up every week. Yeah. We'll get Will and Ruby to record a go. cute little saying every week. <laughs> okay, so I found a couple books. Um, one is called Burial Rites. And Sounds it's, intense. Yeah, it's, it does sound intense once you describe it, too. Oh, okay. um, it is by Hannah Kent, and apparently it's in production right now to be a movie. And at the moment, um, Jennifer Lawrence is attached to star in it. Um, but it's basically about, it, it's a kind of a fictionalized version of a historical event that took place in Iceland of a woman who was accused of murder mm. in 1829. Mm. And, uh, my understanding is that, I mean, maybe this is a spoiler, but this woman was the last person that Iceland, uh, utilized the death penalty on. Back wow. in 1830, I believe. Wow. Um, and so, again, it's just like kind of a fictionalization about that incident. Sounds really interesting. Um, That's also really interesting that they haven't had the death penalty since 18... What did you 1830 say? 1830. 1830. was the last time they utilized the death penalty. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, that one sounds interesting. Um, I have not yeah. read it, but that something does sound interesting. At. That sounds like something that like all of my true crime podcasts that I listen to yeah. should definitely talk about this if they haven't already. Mm -hmm. I, I figured you would, you would find it very yeah, interesting. Yeah. I want to read this. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, the other one that I pulled up is uh, called the sagas of Icelanders. And this one sounds less exciting to me, <laughs> <laughs> but probably more up your alley. So <laughs> tell me about it. Um, so this one is by Anonymous, oh. but it is edited by Robert Kellogg. Basically, this these are this, it's a collection of um, ancient uh, stories about Iceland, hmm. like in the line of like Homer's Odyssey or the Iliad, or um, you know, some of the more, or like uh, Sophocles. It's basically uh, like Icelandic mythology. Huh. And uh, when I was looking for books about Iceland, almost all the, you know, all my websites that I looked at and searched was recommending the sagas of Icelanders. Um, it might be more up the alley of people that are into Tolkien, but... Oh, okay, <laughs> still not really up my alley and more up your alley, but it's fine. But it sounds interesting. Um Definitely can get you to identify and uh, understand the culture of Iceland a little bit better, probably. So, um, yeah, again, uh, Sagas of Icelanders, and I think the one that's edited by Robert Kellogg appears to be some of the more uh, interesting or uh, kind of the 
most highly approved versions, I guess, the ones that are uh, the easiest reads, basically. Hmm. So Cool. Mm-hmm. That one sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out to Katie, our, who was on our interview earlier. Um, she has, she's, she's a photographer. Um, actually the reason that I know her, um, is she was my cousin's wedding photographer. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, when she lived in Iceland, um, she took a ton of pictures while she was there and they're beautiful. And she's got a photography book called a year in fire and ice. Um, and it is, it's amazing. The, the pictures that she took when she was there. I mean, Iceland is just beautiful anyway, um, but the the pictures that she took are like out of this world. They're really, really awesome. And I'll include a link to that in our show notes because I just think it's like the best thing ever. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think, is that our show? That's I, our show. I think it is. I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks everybody. Uh, this episode was a little... Um, kind of all over the place but (laughs) yeah sorry we're figuring this out again it's fine (laughs) clearly we're out of practice (laughs) but yeah if you guys have any questions or if you've if you've got a place that you're planning on going and want us to do a future episode on let us know um and that's it thanks for tuning in we're excited for season two yeah we love you guys let's go lundbergs Mm -hmm.